Hi, and welcome to the My Bloody Website podcast, where we talk about all things online, especially for small and medium business owners or marketers. I'm Daryl King. I've been running a web agency for over 25 years, and my co-host, Ed Pelkin, has been running his online marketing agency for just as long. Our goal is to cover things in a way anyone can understand and to help you improve how you use online in your business. We're about to record episode 40, How Do You Look on Search Engines? How are you, Ed? I'm very good, Daryl, and yourself? Excellent. Very good for a young fella. I think this is a great episode because we never walk out of, uh, you typically don't walk out of your house unless you've had a look at yourself in the mirror, right? Well, unless you're a teenager. Well, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you lead us in, mate? Yeah, no, but that's right. It's, it is. You're right. So, you know, people, the last episode we talked about, you know, doing some um, things to check how, uh, how you could self-audit. This one's, I guess, digging even deeper. I was going to say, this is episode 40, just reiterate that. So that means we have done three quarters of a year in episodes. So 12 more episodes of the whole year. We should do a big party at 50 to do it on a beach or something. 52, 52, three more episodes. Uh, So 12 more episodes. Anyway, so this is one that probably sits um, heavily in your mind. You see a lot of this day-to-day when you're doing audits and helping people rank better. Uh, what are some of the things that um, – what, what, I guess we're giving people instructions on yeah. how they can review how they look on search engines, yeah? Absolutely. And, and it's important because the average user probably um, doesn't realise the amount of variety that exists in the search results, right? When you, do, okay. when you go into a Google search, there's stuff everywhere, right? Um, and the devices are changing and Google is experimenting and they've got ads and everything else. And there's a lot to, to think about. And so, yeah. And, and, and maybe people don't always realize too, that it's phrase specific. So if you search for Pulp Fiction, the movie, you are going to get a completely different type of search result than if you're searching for Pool Builder Sydney. Yeah. So why don't, why don't we just introduce them to the basic layout of what's in the search results and then we can talk about the specific, you know, uh, use case type ones that come up. What do you reckon? Well, why don't you do it rather than me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. so when, you, when you run a normal Google search result, and let's just use desktop for an example here um, because it's probably simpler to start with. So when you do a Google search in the desktop, you'll typically see the paid ads and the paid ads will be at the top and they'll typically be the first three or so listings. And then beneath the paid ads you'll see what's called the organic search results listings. Now, depending on your search, the phrase that you're looking for, Google may very well deliver images. It may very well deliver videos, right? Um, And it may very well deliver news, right? All those little elements change depending on the search. So um, that's just the very minimum, right, Uh, uh, amount of variety that is available to you, right? Other things you want to consider too, for example, when you do uh, search results, uh, searches on, on Google is that um, the newest features are things called featured snippets. Now, has anyone ever done a Google search with a question and you see a text block that answers your question, right? And that's, that's people, uh, some people find this a little bit confronting because ultimately they want a visitor to visit their website and they get a bit upset that Google is taking information from their website and providing the answer in the uh, organic search results, which means no one has to visit the bloody website, right? 
Yeah, but but I guess fundamentally, <laughs> they want that they are allowing Google to take the data to rank them and, and link to them. But the other thing too, there I think comes back to our content conversations, right? Which is if you offer more than just that answer, the the goal is if it's a good answer, it's going to be more trustworthy to click through and read more, right? Like correct, correct. Yeah, but if you're looking for something really simple, you don't really need to go anywhere else to. Yeah. And so these little featured snippets are kind of like answers to questions. And, and there's a couple of different formats to take. You know, the most common one is a text block. So you ask a question, it gives you an answer. Uh, alternative variations that you can see in the wild are tables. Um, so they'll take so examples a, like currency conversion or yeah, pricing results, things yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there are other ones too where there are lists. So you might, you know, say top 10 XYZ, top 10 tools, whatever it is. And then if the content that answers that question best has it in a list format, then Google will take that snippet and present it in the search results as a list. And you would, you've, you've seen it probably in a few searches where videos themselves will actually be the featured snippet answer to a question. And what's really amazing, and this is a bit scary for most people when they see it, is sometimes a search result will generate a video and the search result will actually say answer begins at 16.8 seconds, right? And runs from here. So um, obviously to get that, that sort of information in Google, you need to upload the transcription. But that's, a, that's a good example of what I talked about earlier where if you search, so if you search for the name of a song, quite often you'll get a YouTube video, which is the song being played by the band as that, that rich snippet answer, right? It's a video. So you just click it right there and there and hear the, yeah, yeah, that's the song. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's so, an example of that. Yeah. So I guess we should step back and say, okay, that's what Google's doing because they're ultimately trying to answer the question best for the searcher. So as a business owner, you think to yourself, well, how do I access this? And it just, it just means that you need to be more aware of the fact that this is how Google is using the content in the search results. And for you to uh, get discovery, that's an opportunity for you, right? Uh, if you're not into writing content, then this is <laughs> another push in the back to say, hey, you should be creating content and creating it in a way that answers these questions. So be aware. So when you look at a search result, be aware of what comes up and think, how do I write my content that, that would give it an opportunity to be there? Okay. So what are some other examples of things you might see in the search results depending yep. on? Absolutely. So the, the most common one that most people see is what's called the local three pack, right? Now, when you do a search which has a local component, yeah? That, so for the, for the average user, they're going to see that as the map wedged in Correct. there. So with some businesses listed, I they'll, see, yes. they'll call it the map. But, yeah. we, but like technically, it's known as the local three pack. Yeah. yeah. Any, any local search will generate uh, three snippets and that's commonly known as the local three pack and what those are are local businesses closest to you that best that are the best answer i guess for your local search result and you just got to be aware that that's an opportunity for you to get found and it's important for local businesses and the way you get in that snippet is that you need to list the business in the google my business system so that's just one variation of the search results that you need to be aware of other, other things yeah so you know uh there's this thing called site links. When you do a branded search for some business or the business name, right? Right. So, uh, for example, if I type in, I reckon, web design. Correct. I, and you'll, you'll see it. There'll I be a, it. yeah, there'll be the first uh, homepage um, meta description and link, and then there might be several others beneath that. Okay. And so, those, for, the, for the people, the example, like I typed in, I reckon, web design, the homepage heading is there, and it's got like contact, blog, website design development services, and it's got three tips to get the most out of like, so it's, yeah. it's actually pulling 
what what you call site length. That's right. Now the, you you can't really control these. These are these are auto generated and. But the way you facilitate that is by having a good logical navigation structure and including things that you might think will be valuable. And the, these are, they actually can drive very specific traffic. So just be aware that, you know, it just means good, good, good navigation structure and, you know, pages on the site that uh, will allow them to be picked up in the site, in the site results, in the, in the site links. All right. Yep. What about other things we'll see? Well, you've talked a little bit about images can show up with video. Um, you talked about, you've talked about that the rich snippet, but there's another equivalent thing, isn't there, that might confuse yeah. people that's similar, like the, the knowledge panels or the knowledge graph. Yeah, absolutely. So explain a, that? Yeah. yeah, so a featured snippet is a, is a piece of content that is taken from a web page and appears at the top of the search results, and it's designed to be an answer to a specific question. Now, when people search for a topic or an entity or something like that, it may be a person, a brand, or whatnot, sometimes you'll see on the right-hand side of the search results this thing called a knowledge panel. And a knowledge panel is is more comprehensive than a featured snippet and can have information from or, or, or linking to all different pieces of other content that relate to this brand, this entity, this thing you're searching for, right? And the information that that feeds the knowledge panel comes from the knowledge graph, which is kind of like Google's big database of all of these bits of information relating. Don't to confuse everyone. Yeah. 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 That's all it is. It just means that if you think about it, Google's trying to understand the information that has its index so it can best give you search results. So that's, that, that's pretty cool. And, and that's the one that I've, yeah, you see a lot of, and I've read some pretty deep articles about entities and stuff you talk about, but you, you really start to see a lot more of it, don't you? And particularly, uh, you know, in my fiction where I'm doing research and I'll put in a topic and oh, and then I'll find this, you know, Wikipedia references and other stuff to a whole lot of topic things. It's actually an interesting user experience to quickly get to where you want rather than potentially websites that aren't necessarily about the 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 topic that I want, but they just have those words or, you know, not there's not necessarily the same thing, particularly when you get into if you type for a sports team or a yeah. thing like that, you just get real quick access to. Yeah. And, and you think about it too, like all of the, all of the, even movies, you search for movies and you can start uh, interacting and checking listings in the search results themselves. So Google is looking at ways of fast tracking the connection between you and the information that you're after um, all the time. And so the search results are not normal. And I, I mean, one I should point out, given that this is a podcast is that Google is talking about improving the ability to discover content in audio, right? They're starting to look at ways of indexing podcasts, for example. So we might get some new listeners. We may very well. I mean, right now, for example, on the Google app, uh, the Google uh, podcast app, or the Google, sorry, the Google search app on Android will start to show um, podcasts and actually show episode listings. Now, you need to mark up the RSS feed. So there's a little bit of nerdy technical stuff. And we can have a link to the developer page on that if you want to dig into it. But sure. just be aware uh, that it's coming. And uh, a lot of Google people are talking about, you know, how do they facilitate uh, indexing or figuring out what's in audio files so that they can show it in the search results. Excellent. Okay. So we've talked about, hey, these are the things that are in... Um, in desktop results that we're going to see. And I know that we'll, as we go through this, we'll probably talk about that. It can be quite different in mobile, but that, so that's, that's the summary of, you know, the, the, the beginning, this is what you would likely see when you see a search result. But we did say, how do you look on search engines? That was yeah. what this was about. And so I guess the thing there is 
we want to instruct or give people guidance, some things that they can do practically to check how they look on search engines. So why don't you then talk us through some steps? I mean, like I think you've got yeah. like five or six steps that you think would yeah. be useful ways for people to do it. What's the first one? Yeah. So I would suggest that people go to, the, to, the, to Google on a mobile device or on the desktop and do a search for their business. First thing. So brand, brand. Brand. It's called brand. So, yeah. Type your business name in. Yep. And have a look at how your business appears, right? Check the page titles, check the descriptions that are appearing, check any links to internal pages that may come up in the site search, check even the list, the links to um, your business on third-party directory sites. Just have a look at the whole of page one about your business and see what's showing up. Check to see whether any other content, you know, there might be some images or other resources that appear. So just be aware of how your business looks on the net and what Google knows about you, whether it's on your site as well as on the third-party sites. All okay. right. What, what's next? What's another yep. thing? What, what, what should be the next thing? I assume you're going to start talking about topic queries or stuff. Well, what, what I would do then also is to have a look at, before we get into topics, is to actually have a look at your competitors, like search for their brands as well and see how they appear, right? And just make that comparison so you can see what, what appears for them. And then the third thing I would suggest to do is to start to search for the keyword phrases that you think are relevant to your business, the ones that you actually want to get found for. Now, whether you rank on page one or whether it's your competitors, you still want to see what page one looks like when you do those searches. Okay, so when you say what it looks like, I mean, you, you, obviously you're talking about, hey, you'll see rich snippets and things there, but when I see the block of organic results, what am I actually looking at? What, you know, what, what do, do I, the site owner, want to look at when I'm looking at the people that are showing up in the top 10 organic results? Yeah, well, if, if your website is there, you want to have a look at the page titles and the description that appears in the search results snippet, right? Just find out, are they helpful? Are they compelling? Because the so whole idea... Could, sorry. No, no, go for no, it. So, so part of it is you can compare yours then with the others if you're there and if you're not there, what's everyone, what does theirs look like and, and how useful yeah. is it? It's not just and yours. Yeah. The, and this, the reason this is important is because let's say you're on page one and you've got a competitor that's on page one as well, right? The searcher has to make a decision as to which of these snippets I'm going to click through. So how do they do that? They look at the title, the description, the text that appears there, and they look at the meta description, that, that little block of snippet of text that's underneath the title. And they read it and they see what is most compelling. And if you have a generic meta description that's, that, that's taken from the page automatically or you haven't invested any time in writing something compelling, they may not click to your website. So even though you're on page one, you may not get the traffic because the next guy down um, has written a description that just totally speaks to the end user. So have a look at that and look at it with that in mind. I'm a user. There I am on page one. Which one would I click on? Awesome. Okay. Uh, what other things can I check? I guess when we do the branded search, yeah. you're probably going to see your local, if you have a My Business listing show up. So what, what should people be looking at? Oh, there? Absolutely. So when you do a branded search, um, you want to make sure that your uh, Google My Business listing appears on the right-hand side. And it's really critical because Google My Business is adding a ton of new functionality, you know, with the ability to put posts and offers and events and all that sort of stuff that appears there. So if someone is searching for your business name, heck, take the opportunity to fill out your Google My Business listing properly. You know, good quality, relevant images, offers, um, make sure all of it is fully completed. Um, and it just gives you you know, heck, they're searching for your business name, right? Um, add some value, give some value to them. So make sure the listing is comprehensive and filled out. And if it isn't, go and 
log into your Google My Business listing and fill it out properly. Make sure it's complete. You know, um, uh, checking just before this episode, uh, one of my clients, just seeing how their things were going, and I noticed on their Google My Business that someone had asked a question in the Q&A section, the questions and answers, and they hadn't replied to it. They replied to reviews they got, but I think people aren't aware about this question and answer stuff that's there and that you can you can answer them that people ask. It's obviously like responding on Facebook, but you can actually ask your own question and answer your own question to put FAQs up there, which is really... That's a really sneaky approach, but I guess... Well, you're allowed to. They actually allow you to do it. So it's because it's basically answering questions. I'm, I'm going to jump in with a point here I talked about a bit before is to make, we, in the last episode, one of the tips, I think it was tip two, check your site on mobile, is check all of these things that Ed's talked about before, do the same thing on mobile. Don't just do it on desktop and, and vice versa. If you were checking on mobile, check on desktop as well, but really make sure you do check the search results and look at them on mobile. Look at your competitors on mobile. What, are they doing anything different? So a really good example of that is that on desktop, so uh, Ed knows who I'm going to talk about here, a coffee supplier, there are no images. But when you do a mobile search, it displays product images in the results if the things are set up properly. Same results, everyone that's there is the same, but there's a different display. So there's a really good example of why you want to compare them and not assume that the photo shows up on desktop. Or, and then, oh, mine doesn't have a photo. My competitors do. How do I resolve that? Yeah. So And then... Uh, page titles and descriptions, how do they wrap and read on mobile? They, you know, are they as compelling on mobile as they are on desktop, et cetera? And obviously, what does my um, Google My Business result look like on mobile? So I think that's um, really, really important. Yeah, and, and do it regularly because, you know, Google's experimenting with this stuff all the time. They keep changing shit left, right, and center, right? Okay, anything else you got list, list in your tips? Yeah, I would just, you know, look at it with a mind to say, hey, especially when you're looking at competitors, just look for opportunities where they are and I'm not, why am I not there? And um, that's, that's your opportunity. And then go and chat to someone who can help you out. Okay, that's really awesome. So uh, a bit of a wrap up on this is, first of all, you need to understand the search results and you need to understand them better. And I, um, we can put a, um, a link up on the show notes. There's a Raven Tools example guide to SERPs, but I'm going to challenge my co-host here to do a quick video walkthrough, which you obviously stick on his YouTube channel, but we'll link to it, which is just to look at, and particularly from an Australian perspective, but it's, yeah, it's still applicable, a walkthrough of a couple of results, just a quick video chat, highlighting what those things are to the user, you know, and even shrinking the screen, just just to talk them through so that there'd be a video we could link to. You up for that challenge, Ed? Uh, to easy peasy. Okay, so just to do that. So understand the search results, and then Ed's tips were, you know, uh, view those results and read them. Actually understand what's on the page. Do competitive search. Look at what your competitors are. And e- even if you're not on page one, what is page one? Who are those competitors? But also do branded searches with your competitors' names and see what results they get. Look at your page titles and descriptions. Make sure they're useful for the user. Check your Google My Business results. Make sure you check on mobile and desktop, not just on one or the other. And then really be aware of what opportunities might exist for change. Does that... That's, that's, that's a that's good wrap up. And we'll link to that Raven Tools article, which is a really great uh, article on, you know, what it all looks like, what all the pieces are. Yeah, but everyone loves hearing your deep masculine voice. Ed. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. All right. Well, so I think that's an excellent, excellent uh, episode there. Just, you know, search engines, they're super important. We talked about before in Australia, it's pretty much all Google, but in other countries, there's a mix, you know, Bing and other things have an influence. If you are 
being shown up. And if you're getting results from DuckDuckGo, have a look. How do you look? Why are you getting results? If you're getting results from Bing, you know, understand that. So great episode, Ed. Is that awesome. we covered everything? I think that's it for the day, mate. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the My Bloody Website podcast. For everything that we're talking about, check out bloodywebsite.com. And when you get there, make sure you click on the subscribe by email button on the top so you don't miss anything bloody website related. If you'd like to check out the show notes for this episode or any past episodes and all of that can be found on the website. If you'd like to reach out to Daryl or myself, you've got a question, you can find ways to talk to us on the about page of the site. And lastly, if you want to support the show, you can do that by telling someone another website owner about the tell your friends tell your friends and yeah anyone anyone who's got a site (laughs) tell your friends and share it and uh yeah absolutely and then the second thing you can do is visit apple Podcasts and leave an awesome review it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him